friends, this is Alex. Welcome to Socialism Survival Podcast number 69. My topic for this week is natural resources for survival. Of course, I'm talking here about survival of socialism. As I will share with you some examples of our experience in Soviet Union. Former stronghold of socialism. While we didn't depend completely on natural resources, they played important role in our lives day by day and year after year. It doesn't matter under which name the rulers of this world envisioned our global future, whether it is socialism or any other word that they will find attractive. You can recognize them by their fruits, which is to rob you of the fruits of your labor. In front of your eyes, they destroy agriculture and industry that belong to people and only want to keep what they can control. The biggest example is Monsanto and its genetically modified crops. If they will really succeed, what will be left for the people who refuse to eat their stuff? Yes, nature. They are pushing us into the jungles and wilderness where they think we belong. Well, let me first do my traditional housekeeping and community organizing and I will tell you more from my experience and what I think about this new world government plans. Please go to my website. The address is socialismzervival.com. If you will scroll there to the bottom of the page, you'll find there links to all my previous podcasts, some of them with active mp3 links. I still didn't figure out why iTunes cannot show all podcasts on the last 50 are available. If anyone knows how to fix it, please let me know. But at least little by little you will be able to see and hear all podcasts in mp3. Sorry for being behind on my blog posts and other things. I am really going now through various life transitions and it makes many of my posts, including blogs, Facebook, Twitter, late and sporadic. But I am still there or here <laughs> depends what I mean here in the web zone as well as here in my studio behind the microphone giving you weekly shots of ancient Ukrainian wisdom just joking anyway 
will be glad to see you as my friend on Facebook. Just don't forget to write that you are my listener when sending requests. Because I'm approaching my limit there and cannot add automatically anyone who just wants to use being on my list to grow their own without really caring what I'm talking here about. If you want to keep in touch, just go to my podcast page on Facebook and join by clicking like. Those who have comments, feedbacks, please email me to podcast at socialismservival.com or call using Google Voice feature on my website. And the last but not least, Remember to share this podcast with others. Let me begin with the sparrow story. My dad shared it with me. He told that as a young boy he survived two famines. One was in 1930s and another in 1940s after World War II. They had barn attached to the house and although any living creature that lived in that barn was already eaten Still, it attracted other creatures that were in search of food because everyone was hungry in that days. It could be other human beings called thieves, wild beasts, or birds. They risked their lives also because there was no other choice and they often were trapped by those whose property they trespassed. While thief could be eaten too, as cannibalism had place during long periods of mass starvation. At least it didn't happen in my family. But something like sparrow stew was my dad favorite dish at that time and he was willing to wait patiently behind the barn door for hours because as soon as a flock of sparrows would fly in the barn my dad would immediately shut the door and begin catching birds one by one twisting off their heads and throwing in a bucket until all are there. After that, he would help his mom, my grandma Barbara, to deplume birds and make a stew for all family. At the time when many people were eating weeds, yes, even baked bread out of wheat powder, not wheat, but weed with D on the end. 
the sparrows too was real feast. Another big thing in our food supplies was fishing. As much as I remember myself, I loved fishing in rivers and ponds, whether in survival mode or just to make healthy addition to a table. Good fish from the nature is always the best. Of course, here in America you need to pay for the fishing and hunting license. There in Soviet Union it was free. Well, if you can call it free after regime robbed you. Uh, I didn't have chance for hunting back there, but I know many people who knew various methods of hunting and catching wild animals. I believe they survived thanks to that. Today I will focus further more on whatever grows uh, from the soil. Okay, next uh, I'd like to share some other products of the nature that were used either by my ancestor or by me or by people I knew. One of such natural products I never really tried there, but it was used by many during famines, is wild ground nut. Yes, it is sort of peanut, but growing wild. Never being domesticated or cultivated. In survival situation, people used it to eat fresh or dry, to cook with it. I think sparrows too with groundnut would taste great. Next on my list is cherry plum, one of my favorite. Never know, never knew what is that. Well, search and find out what is cherry plum. Can be eaten fresh, but I like it better if preserved as jam or marmalade. Near the village where my grandparents lived, there were many cherry plum trees growing in the wild. During harvest season, we would go there, climb the trees with bags over our shoulders, going down just to fill our buckets with collected berries. Each of us would carry back to grandpa's house two full buckets couple miles while we ran in the morning to the trees the way back didn't look that easy for us but the berries were free we just had to work to collect them and our work definitely paid off in the winter when we enjoyed our favorite hot tea with cherry plum jam as I mentioned drinking tea there was another gift of uh, nature that we also collected from thorny bushes near grandparents village I'm talking about another favorite of mine that was used to make very tasty 
and healthy tea. It is dog rose. When its fruits or hips turned red or dark yellow, orange, we would collect and then drive. It is known antioxidant with high level of vitamin C. Therefore, it wasn't just a delicious tea, but it served to preserve us from flu and cold fall through spring. Always, whenever cold weather was around, we had large teapot full of dog rose tea sitting on the side of brick oven waiting for us, its customers. Another tea tree we loved in the nature was linden. We collected flowers and young leaves, dried them and used for making teas as well. Linden tea has many benefits for human health. It is recommended especially for someone with bronchitis, cold, cough, fever and stomach problems. It also has calming effect, which makes it good evening tea. It is good to mention here that the sweetly scented flowers attract lots of bees, and linden honey is considered to be one the most aromatic and valuable in the world. And it leads me to another product that was often collected by Soviet people. I'm talking about wild honey. Wherever wild bees are found, people would attempt to collect the best honey they produce. Honey is another product that I'm familiar a lot with because my grandfather was beekeeper. I am very upset with the stupidity that happens here in America. I'm talking about honey being heated before it is sold. During heating process, everything valuable is destroyed. And what American people are left with is just another useless sweetener. Since being a little boy, I'm used to eat only raw honey. That is really honey for me. I do not accept any kind of processed honey. Grandpa would cut and give us children honeycomb pieces. What a treasure hidden in that precious sweet golden drops. But no matter how good was honey from domesticated bees, wild bees always produced best quality product and it is free if you know how to get it. Other bee products can be found in the wild nature as well such as bee walks, bee pollen, propolis, royal jelly, etc. I could talk for a few hours just about health benefits of be products therefore we'll leave it for another podcast or to your own abilities to research 
Another favorite I had since my childhood was wild apricot. We had some in our home garden, like two huge trees of intercalcated or cultured apricots, if you understand what I'm talking about. Shortly, I'll explain this process of intercalation. It is done by grafting cultured apricot branch into a wild apricot tree. Cultured apricots usually larger and sweeter than wild ones. But do you think two trees were enough for a family with nine children who couldn't wait till fruits will ripen? And in spite of the fear of being punished, plucked and ate half green apricots. Add to that our mom who wanted some apricots saved for her culinary purposes and for preserves. Only solution in this situation was for us to go to woodland belt area where we knew the wild apricot trees were growing. There we had all apricots we wanted. By the way, another difference between intercalated and wild apricots is that cultured or intercalated apricot has sweet nut inside, while wild has a bitter one. So far, all apricots I've tasted here in America had bitter nut. Does it mean that Americans aren't familiar with apricot intercalation or grafting? If you know the answer, please email it to me. Next, I'd like to mention wild cherry. Fruits are dark red, sweet and sour. We also had cultured red cherry at home, but wild cherry is good replacement, especially for making preserves. We would also dry cherries for future use in compotes, usually in a mix with dried apricots, apples, plums and pears. Yes, we used to dry all these fruits for making hot compotes in the winter and cool compote drinks the following summer from whatever was left. Wild apples were available as well. In many forests of Ukraine and Russia grows so-called paradise apple. Usually a large tree with a lot of cherry-sized apples. Although it is sour and astringent, it can be eaten raw in survival situation, but preferred use is in preserves. Wild strawberries are another natural food. 
one of my best favorites, usually found in forests. They are very small in size, but their taste, oh my, is fire. Far, far better than what you can buy in supermarket or farmer's markets here. Soviet people would often pick up wild strawberries and sell it in the farmer's markets quickly and for a good price. One time I was with my friend in Riga, Latvian capital. Well, it was still a part of Soviet Union. We didn't have money to buy food, but we had a brilliant idea. We got out of the city and found wild strawberries in the forest. First, we filled our bellies with it, then picked few more cups of it, went to the market and made some money. Same as wild strawberry, another berry called bilberry was and is very popular among former Soviet people. The plant is of blueberry family, but berries are smaller, darker and better tasting. I found a lot of bilberries sold in Ural mountain cities of Russia, where I traveled few times. Siberia, far east are other parts of Russia where you can also find a lot of bilberries. They are great for human health and delicious can be eaten fresh, dried, used in jams, smoothies, bakery, ice cream, etc. I've heard that blackberry also grows a lot in Russia. Just didn't see it there with my own eyes. So I will leave. Uh, forests of Siberia are also abundant with cedar pine nuts. While pine nuts mostly are eaten after being dried, I remember my friend whom I visited in Siberia treated me with boiled pine cones full of nuts. When I ate boiled peanuts for the first time with my friends in Georgia, it remotely reminded me eating boiled Pine nuts, hazelnuts, next produce I mentioned, grows almost everywhere in former Soviet Union. It was and is very popular there. I personally picked some of them. They are good, nutritious food. And can be a great free addition to survivors. I almost forgot mushrooms. They are great. Also growing almost everywhere in my former motherland. Mushrooms can be 
cooked or fried fresh. They can be dried and powdered for future use. Some species of mushrooms are best when marinated. Uh, what about natural drinks? Besides plain water, teas that I mentioned, or juices from the fruits and berries. Here comes famous Russian birch sap drink. I am familiar with the process of birch sap extraction, but better than that, I'm familiar with drinking it. I missed it a lot. And during my trip to the Ukraine last year, I was happy to buy and drink some of it. And this is not everything, my friends. The list could go on and on. Whatever I described is only a small part of edible wild plants or fruits that were and are available in the nature, free of charge. Well, of course, socialists wish they could control that too. I don't think they will succeed though. I even and didn't talk today about medicinal plants herbs, or something like sea buckthorn, highly beneficial for human body health. And there are a lot more to talk on this subject, but what I really wanted to achieve with this podcast is to give you a boost for your own research and study. Knowledge is very important in having positive results of interaction with nature. There are some uh, poisonous berries that look close to bilberries. I remember my wife told me a story how some of their family went in the forest and just uh, swallowed a lot of false <laughs> berries, poisonous, and they had real health problems. Well, there are also many poisonous mushrooms. We need to know what is around us here in America or in whatever country you are in, if you are international, listen. The knowledge of what you can eat and drink in the nature around you may save you and your family. Imagine US dollar plunged down, food markets are empty, and farms are confiscated by evil socialist regime. You think it is a fantasy of impossible? Why? If it happened many times in Soviet Union and other socialist countries, then it is possible anywhere. 
many Soviet people who would otherwise die. They survived thanks to the knowledge they had about food from the nature that surrounded them. People who ran away from gulag camps mostly survived thanks to the same knowledge. Some of them even decided not to return to civilization, if you can call that civilization, because they understood that it is much better and easier to live in peace with the nature than with a bunch of crazy socialists around them. My friends, understanding the blessings of the nature around you can make you happily independent. Ignorance will make you forever dependent, a slave of whatever regime is opening supermarket doors front of you. Thanks to God, while the voice of common sense can be heard, we still have time to learn and make right decisions. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. May God bless you, America. Until the next week, when you will hear again the voice of common sense, your socialism survival host, Alex.